Welcome to the Dwellness Podcast. I'm Ruth Steinmetz. And I'm Brian Steinmetz. Join us on our journey to discover the connections between physical and mental well-being and our dwellings. Our guest today is someone who's near and dear to my heart. Her name is Kerubo, and she is my mom. She's also a singer, songwriter, Afro-jazz artist, social worker, activist, grandma, mother-in-law, you name it. She's originally from Kenya and now lives in the greater Burlington area, very close to me. (laughs) She has more than 20 years experience performing all over the world in music festivals. Her style of music is a blend of African traditional with inflections of Brazilian samba, bossa nova, jazz, and blues. Her influences are from generations of music artists and songwriters, but more particularly, Miriam Makeba, Dorothy Masuka, and Nina Simone. Kerubo's music is about healing, preserving African culture and heritage, while highlighting social issues affecting underrepresented groups such as women and children. Kerubo is also a member of the Windows to a Multicultural World teaching artist team with the Clemens Family Farm. It provides opportunities to engage K-12 students in various social justice topics that pertain to African Americans and the African diaspora, and shares her heritage, culture, folk music, and storytelling through remote learning. Please welcome my mom, Kerubo. My quote is by Elie Wiesel, and it says, Ultimately, the only power to which man should aspire is that which he exercises over himself. Do you want me to repeat that? No, I think I've got it. It's like, uh, actually, no, yeah, go ahead and repeat it. Yeah. Ultimately, the only power to which man should aspire is that which he exercises over himself. So the only the only power man should, a person should seek is self-control, essentially? Um, is that, that's what, I th- that's what it feels like it's saying to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like, or like the power of your own mind to stay positive, because he must have seen some nightmarish things if he was in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really, because if you think about the nightmare that that must have been, or like mm-hmm. being a POW or something crazy like that, um, you know, going for a jog at 5 a.m. doesn't seem that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Or, or, or trying to stay positive when, you know, the electricity bill is overdue mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, it's a lot easier when you keep those kinds of things in perspective to just be like, you know what? It's all good. I, yeah. I don't really have that many problems. Yeah. Right? It, how do you feel about it? it? It makes me think about, you know, so we are constantly looking for power as human beings and mm. and the 
the benefits of that, like there's benefits to seeking power and obtaining power. It helps us be okay. Um, and there's times that what I'm getting is like, there's things that we seek out from other people, but we're not willing to get it, flesh it out for ourselves or put ourselves in that like um, position to like exact that control over ourselves. Like it's easier for us to like try to control others and try to like um, seek to have a power that we can control others with. But that same power we need to also apply to ourselves. Mm. Can we put that power on us? And if, if we can't put that power on yourself, then why are you seeking it to put it on other people? That's what I'm getting. Yeah. And, you know, like his experience at the, at the camp, he obviously experienced a lot of atrocities and pain and people really going to extremes with their um, um, thirst for power mm. to the point of harming other people. Would they have put those uh, controls on themselves? What would it ha have looked like? And so he's saying that that's the kind of power to look for. I see. And not the one that you, you're just using to exert on other people. Well, you know, in the end, we only ever have control of ourselves. Yeah. We certainly can't control other people, no matter how much power we have. You certainly can't control their thoughts. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you have uber power, um, and like, you know, it's written to law, you can't say anything bad about the dictator for life or what have you. Right. They can still think it. And you can't control their thoughts. Yeah. They can still think you're an SOB. So... You know, I, I think you're right, yeah. The only power we ultimately have is that which we exert over ourselves. Right on. Keru? Yeah. Fuck. Let me try again. <laughs> Let me try again. All right. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> Caribou, Carubo, Mama Carubo. Asante, Sana. Asante. Thank you. Uh, yes. I just said in my terrible Swahili. No, <laughs> welcome, I don't think it's terrible at all. Welcome, Carubo. You said it as authentically as you could. <laughs> the only way as you. Badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could say that yeah well, thank you i'm so happy to be here no we're happy to have you yeah yes yes hello mama hi how are you i'm well i am just getting over a migraine so i'm not my tip-top self but I, I am i am here and i'm so happy that you're here with us mm. and we'll get this is unreal it is it really is this is our job now too like Can do you, you believe, believe that, that? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so unreal but yeah this is what we are doing now mm -hmm. and come so far mm -hmm. we've been in so many places yeah. so thank you for being here mom <laughs> we're so glad you're here we will start with our first question that we ask every guest so the first question is how do you find your dwellness my dwellness mm -hmm. at presently or my my dwellness from the time I arrived here, it's a hard question. I, I wouldn't even know where to start to answer that question mm. because I feel like I'm still in a transient situation. Mm. Uh, so how are you currently I, finding your dwellness in currently, transition? Right now, well, I'll tell you, we're, we're trying to move from Winooski <laughs> to another, a new place. So I just took vacation a few weeks ago and we were on a road trip from state to state trying to find a place that pulled us and made us feel, mm. have that sense of, of, of home. Mm -hmm. And during that trip, I, was, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, am I ready to start again? Again? Because mm. I've done this before. And will I lose the friendships I've made? Mm. Will I lose contact with my kids and my grandkids? So it's it's a... It it brings up a lot of emotions because it's just uh, we never really rest rest because the life is 
is like that. It moves. It moves. It's always moving. So you have to move with it. Maybe not to look at it so <laughs> broadly and bring it closer to home, I would say that. I, I'm in a, in a, I'm always called switching. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not completely at home as I, I was when I was in the country I come from, which is Kenya. Mm -hmm. Kenya is home. And, and even when people ask me my name, uh, sometimes I have to pause. And depending on who's doing the asking, should I say Irene? Because I just want this <laughs> conversation to just <laughs> flow. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Without having to say, well... This is what it means and this yeah, is where I'm from and all this other... And even if when I say Irene, sometimes they might say, well, you have an accent. Where are you really from? Mm. I know. <laughs> but it's, it's not. It's, a, it's always sometimes a good point of, you know, a, con, a good conversation. Mm. That's a teaching point for me. I get to tell them that I am from Kisi. This is the, where it's located in the eastern part of Africa. A country called Kenya. You mean Africa is not just one big country? No, it's not. Okay. So, so then I, I get. Sorry. So <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I get. I get to teach people about yeah. who I am and where I'm from. So, um, I can't really completely answer that question because it's still happening as I speak, and while I am at. at this present situation at my place of work, I'm code switching. At my house, I'm code switching. My husband is American sometimes. I have to become the American wife. Sometimes I just am myself. And so I'm just dwelling in buildings mm. <laughs> <laughs> and looking at my environment and just switching codes as I go. Yeah. I guess. That, that might have been one of the better definitions we've gotten of that because dwellness is constantly like evolving. It is evolving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not constant. Yeah. 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 And, and when you are in a, in a place that is not your natural setting, you, you bring with yourself the things that are authentically yours, your own, your culture, your heritage, etc. Mm. And then when you're in this new environment, you're trying to fit, find a place to fit yourself and survive or be around the other people without clashing or sometimes clashing you can't help, but without clashing and just be together, have mm -hmm. that togetherness of existing in that same place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of assimilation that mm -hmm. occurs when you're, both of us are immigrants from Kenya. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot of somersaults you have to do to mm -hmm. figure out, okay, what's this context? First of all, what do they value and how it comes out in the way they dress, the way they speak, mm -hmm. the way, their sense of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you constantly have to insert yourself so that you don't really stand out because your values are, are very different. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you would tend to stand out kind of isolates you as a person mm -hmm. and we all have that innate sense of just wanting to belong. Mm -hmm. And so we, we switch mm -hmm. so that we can belong. Mm -hmm. And I really resonate with that thing of like, not feeling like your home mm -hmm. and really feeling like, you know, Kenya is really my home. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel most at home. That's where I'm most relaxed. You know, Brian's seen me yeah, in Kenya. Yeah. There, is, there is actually a, like a switch. Uh, you even change your... The way you carry yourself you're, mm -hmm. is much more confident. Mm -hmm. The way you talk is 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 different, especially when you're around uh, your your cousins and stuff, because mm -hmm. uh, you guys have like a secret language almost. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Swahili; it's just like the way you communicate with each other. Yeah, is is yeah. Yeah, the Snicket's crew. The yeah. Snicket's <laughs> lots crew. Of, lots of talking with your hands. Gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so let's come back to you and and the challenges. What what kind of challenges? Or I know you can't encapsulate all of the challenges of not feeling home or mm -hmm. having that sense of home in this country. Mm -hmm. But can you highlight like a few of the challenges that have stood out to you? Maybe breaking down per 
the areas that you've been in this country and how mm. you've experienced various challenges that have that are all about the code switching that you're talking about mm. Mm. the biggest ones are when I have to uh, assume a persona mm. so that so that people can be able to relate to me mm. it's not for me really it's for them that I'm doing it when that when this happens sometimes uh, you lose yourself I feel like I've lost myself and it didn't hit me until one one day when I was in my quiet in my quietness and started thinking I'm like I'm I'm always doing these things to please people. Mm. Mm. What about me? Mm -hmm. I've been uh, um, taking up. Okay, I'll be this persona. I'm, I'm a stage person, of course. I'll, be, I'll get into character and get there, sing and put on my makeup, do do the thing of being the artist, and then go back to work, do the thing of being the social worker. <laughs> I'm always changing these personalities, I find that I miss being able to speak a language that I can mm -hmm. to people who don't look like me or people don't, who don't speak my language, you know? I'm, I'm trying, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, so, I, like, when I'm on stage, sometimes I want to say, hey, what's going on, people? My language, yeah. right? can't do that here. I have to try and be the artist who is uh, an immigrant from another place trying to appeal to a crowd mm. and explain to them why I'm here, what am I what I'm presenting to them, what I'm speaking about when I speak when I sing a song in a, a language they don't understand. Mm -hmm why I dress the way I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In fact, I find that I'm so attached to the things from home now more than I was at, back at home. Sure, yeah. Now I feel like I need to wear my... This is my personality. Yeah. It's, it became me. It's been a process of becoming the person that I am. But in that process of becoming, it's been the process of also switching codes and switching personalities and... And it's at the detriment of putting myself on a shelf for other people that are around me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, and language is a big part of it, as you yeah. said. Because even when we're all speaking English, there's a... <laughs> and I, we're all I, speaking English. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's accents and, mm. you know, Brian speaks really fast sometimes and I'm like, please slow down. And then there's also like how we adapt the way we speak so that other people can understand us because mm -hmm. we know if I speak the way I usually speak, mm -hmm you might not capture all the words I'm saying, mm -hmm. or I may use different, you know, because we were brought up with British English, mm -hmm. and, which is very different from American English in mm -hmm. some ways. Mm -hmm. And it's more formal and, you know, there's pronunciations. Like I remember when I was in school and I said status, yeah. And they're like, like aluminium. excuse me, it's status. <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. Where, What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where you, you constantly have to um, adapt mm. even your language, mm -hmm. even the way you speak the language, even though it's the same language, mm -hmm. you package it in a way that is receivable. Mm -hmm. And in that way, you also kind of diminish your core self mm -hmm. and how you communicate mm -hmm. as your core self. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being in Kenya, it that challenge is not there. You mm -hmm. literally just can be yourself mm -hmm. and people will take you the way you are. Mm -hmm. And and that can be isolating too because yeah. it feels like you're, you're hiding some part of yourself mm -hmm. because it's not understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you you don't know if people are really being genuine with you. Mm. That's the, that's the other thing, and and it took me a long time to to get the that people don't always uh, they are not really honest in mm. the way they present themselves to you, especially when you're not from their place, right? Mm. 
Mm. They'll smile with you. They'll be pleasant, you know, but they're not really genuine. Um, they, they have things that are really overt that they don't, that make it hard for you to feel like you can click with them completely. Uh, I worked in a place where I was just about the only black person <laughs> in a sea of white people. Yeah, well. I was so lonely. Mm. Yet I was the friendliest person there. I always had something to chat with people, talk with them and smile with them. But I was really, really lonely in a sea of white people. And I missed home. Mm. Sometimes I would chuckle to myself and I would be chuckling in Kisi or in, <laughs> in Kiswahili. And I find that I either I would call you to talk and get that homing feel of just that language thing. Or I would call my sister back home, Lydia, or mm -hmm. I'll call mom mm -hmm. and we'll chat mm. and laugh about things that are not here <laughs> like I, I would i would i missed standing by a bus stop and <laughs> buying some corn mm -hmm. you know yeah and putting that uh, lemon and yeah. chili and the eating roasted that. corn oh, why is it oh, yeah <laughs> you're waiting for a bus to come and take you home but you had something to munch that's healthy too mm -hmm. you know no Things like those you miss. You miss uh, when you're, you can't leave home, you can't leave the house right away to go to work in the winter before wearing a bunch of layers so it takes you longer to dress. It takes you longer to undress. And then you got to scrape off your car on the oh way. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when the food doesn't taste right. No, none of it does. I, yeah. Yeah. My, my month so far in Kenya when yeah. I got back, people yeah. were like, you fast weight. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just went to Kenya and the yeah. food was just not processed yeah. and yummy yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like good for you. I know. Imagine that, Americans. I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, the, there, are good, there are good parts of, you know, being American. In fact, when I go to Kenya, sometimes I miss being back in the States where things are orderly. Yeah. People are polite. <laughs> For the most I wouldn't part. go that far. <laughs> it's not Canada. <laughs> no, there's that cordiality. You yeah. Know, open the door for you, let you go in first. There's things like those. Mm -hmm. You miss that. Mm -hmm. Order. Yeah. And cordial behavior mm -hmm. in public places. I tell but, you, the traffic in Nairobi is terrifying <laughs> as an American. It scared me. Yeah, you tell, you tell me about what about that is terrifying. Oh my god, it just seems like it's lawless, you know, and, and yeah. everyone's just kind of. And I've I've driven in New York City, I've driven in Boston. Yeah, nothing compared to no, this. No, no, not Did you have a question? No, I just was commenting on on uh, what she was talking about. Yeah, just yeah, my experience in mm -hmm. in Kenya and how I want mm -hmm. many more experiences in Kenya. Yeah. yeah, I love it there, honestly. Yeah, uh, and I, it gets. I get a glimpse of how you guys must feel being in like a 97% white state. Yeah. Uh, it's very isolating. And yeah. I feel like just like a, I, want, I don't want to use the word beacon because that sounds like hope or whatever, but like, I just feel like this spot in mm -hmm. the middle of a sea mm. of, of, so you must feel that all the time when you're in America. Yeah. Especially in this yeah. very pale state that we live in. Yeah. I never, thought about the, the color of my skin until I came here. Mm. Mm. That was alien to me. In fact, I was in a, in a class uh, where we, we were talking about, it was about connecting cultures or intercultural development, something a, yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the teacher actually asked us, gave us a piece of paper and asked us to write down everything about our identities. Mm -hmm. And I, I began with me as a mother who is a grandmother, who is a wife, who is a sister. Who's a, but I never thought to write down that I was black mm. because I just was. I didn't think that that's something that I needed to write down. Yeah. Until she mentioned and said, hey, did you forget to write about... Was it a white teacher? No. Oh. Where you're from. Oh. Oh, okay. Then she still... 
urged me along and asked me more questions, then I'd be like, oh, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come to me naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's a thing here. Racism is a thing here. Yeah. And we That's... know about tribalism, but racism is a different animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being the, a black woman is the first thing people see. That's right. Whereas, you know, where we're from, it's being a mom maybe is the first thing people see. You know, when you're walking in town, let's say you're trying to get into a matatu. Oh, watch a mama, mama nam toto. You know, like they mm-hmm. see you as a mom, mm-hmm. maybe if you have a kid mm-hmm. and they, they take care of you based on that. Mm-hmm. They don't see you as a black woman. Whereas here, that's the first identity. And then there's, there's things that follow that. Mm-hmm you being a black woman, that it kind of takes away from, you know, how you want to present yourself. First of all, mm-hmm. this is how I see myself, mm. but, and this is how I want you to treat me based on the things that I'm seeing as part of my identity, but that's not the case here. You have to sort of fit into the mold of like, I'm a black woman, mm-hmm. And then now, what follows after that? That's right. And, and the way you get treated everywhere you go, mm-hmm. it's from that first identity of mm-hmm. being a black woman. Mm-hmm. So how have you been able to, I know you mentioned a little bit about like you following or really holding on to, you know, your Africanness by the way you dress and the way you present yourself. Like it's something that has become even more pronounced here. Mm-hmm. I say, even for myself, like, you know, we have Ugali Wednesdays. We, mm-hmm. we make sure that we have aspects of my culture mm-hmm. represented in the way we are living day to day. So mm-hmm. how do you uh, insert or assert your identity and your background and your culture in your day to day life mm-hmm. on top of the dressing? Yeah, on top of the dressing. Yeah. So if you were to come into my house, you will see that I have artifacts on my walls everywhere. You can tell, oh, this is uh, someone from another place. Mm-hmm. Africa somewhere and I'm, I'm a teaching artist so that gives me a really good platform to share my identity and culture with young, young kids I am affiliated with the Clemons Family Farm mm-hmm. and she has been providing opportunities for artists various artists in their form whatever form they practice to work with young minds from K through 12. Mm-hmm. And in these workshops, we t- uh, I get to teach about the history, my history, uh, not just uh, Kenyan history, but the diaspora history. And we write songs, song workshops. We just pick a, a topic and we talk about it. We unpack it. Mm-hmm. And then through that uh, unpacking, we write a song. And it becomes more meaningful and it's, an easy way for kids to learn hard topics that they find difficult to talk about. And so that personality has uh, kind of grown on me. Mm. I've become that person that schools want to reach out and say, oh, we heard that you're in this other. No, but you have to go through the Clemens family farm to do if you want to, your kids to learn about mm-hmm. This. So it's, it's, a, it's a thing that has been packaged really well for students, uh, for schools. So I get to practice that in my, my art, which is really cool. And then when I'm singing, the songs I write are in languages that are not spoken here, of course. So when I'm performing, I have to tell my, cra- my crowd, this song is about this mm-hmm. and it's from this place and then, it, you know, people get to know more about who I am as an African. So my music has given me that platform uh, in uh, teaching in schools and also in my singing, my songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of learning, teaching, you mentioned a word that I don't think many white Americans are familiar with. I know I wasn't when Ruth first mentioned it two years ago, and that's diaspora. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people even know what that word means, uh, mm. which is really unfortunate. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about that for us? 
I didn't know about that word too until I came here. Oh, really? Actually. Okay. <laughs> I think these are uh, people who are living away from their from from Africa. Yeah. Uh, abroad, mm-hmm. and they find a way of existing while away from home. I think that's what that's the best way to yeah. to the, sum it up. It's the community of people. Yeah. And and do you think it's possible mm-hmm. for diaspora or people in the diaspora to find that sense of home away from home? It's difficult. Mm-hmm. You just try the best you can. Mm-hmm. And then you find you find that community and keep it going. You share things and grow sometimes have projects back home that you know are still helping the people back home mm-hmm. while you're here mm-hmm. because being here is actually a good anchor for your your ability to help people back home yeah yeah so if you have your community here i think it's easier to ex- to exist or survive because like if i have my cup of tea my kenyan tea ketepa mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i was able to make my chapati yeah <laughs> i was able to make my ugali and i'm still living in the big of us where there is snow somehow it it makes it a little bit easier to be away from home yeah you know let's talk about your music yeah because you've mentioned you share a little bit about yourself through your music and you have your music is in different languages there's one in swahili mm-hmm. and there's also one in english called you are enough mm. which has taken on a life of its own mm. can you tell us more about your music and the first album that you came out with yeah in 2021 which you know we're all very proud of yeah so i arrived at each uh, song at different points of my life so when it came to getting a title for the album it was hard because every song was different <laughs> there was one bluesy one was jazzy one was really, really folk traditional so the genres were all it was a mixture of, of genres and so I, i realized that i was there one was confounding myself trying to find a title because those songs were all themes they were thematic mm-hmm. songs about the way we humans exist together mm-hmm. so i called it halia utu not because i'm some philosopher <laughs> who can tell you about oh i know about life and stuff but no it's just that the way we exist together is our ability to show emotions get mad fall in love die give birth that's the condition of humanity so mm-hmm. that's the theme i found so Are you tying it to the question of uh, you are enough? One of the songs from the album You Are Enough mm-hmm. has sort of blossomed into this mantra of just as the word says being enough. Mm-hmm. And in the face of all the pressures that every human being experiences with social media, with society trying to pigeonhole people into different identities and boxes. Mm-hmm. What is the core of that message and and where is it coming from for you? Mm-hmm. For me it's from the point of the way I was raised as a as a Christian mm-hmm. and knowing that I am made in the image of God that's a big thing to know that I am formed and given a spirit that is holy mm. and i know that when god created the universe everything he created he called good in fact he didn't just say good he said very good mm-hmm. very good it doesn't mean that because i knew that to be fundamentally truthful that that was how i was feeling or how people were feeling because they are living in a sinful world that is so much is going so many layers of false messages mm. 
thrown at people out there. So people have lost that connection of feeling that they were complete in the way they were formed and made. Mm -hmm. And I'm scathed. All of us are scathed. Everyone is scathed. I mean, it's hard to be an artist who has to show up in different <laughs> personalities. You know, you have to also think about what is acceptable. Can't I just show up the way I am? No, I have to do this. Put on my makeup. I have to, I'm going to the camera. I have to do just, I have to look good for the camera. All these are facades that hide that connection. It keeps you away from you feeling that you're completely enough the way you are. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to show up just the way you are because God looks at you differently than you are looking at yourself with the world, eyes of the world which keep you from feeling that gap, that confidence goes away because you're looking at yourself with the way the, the materialistic world is looking, is telling you you need to present yourself. Mm. So um, what I think is more valuable is your, the character that you have. Those are the beautiful things. Are you kind? Are you a kind person? Are you, are you helpful? Do you... You know the things I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the characteristic mm. things that hold value that make you beautiful. Mm -hmm. Not makeup, not fancy cars, not the house, not, not materialistic things. Yeah. Yeah. But you being able to feel inside that I'm worthy, I'm valuable, I have something to offer the world. I have the right to be here <laughs> as much right as you have that right, so... That's uh, what the song is about. You're enough. It's very beautiful. It reminds me when I was young, when I was a teenager. I remember this time you told me, walk with your head held high and don't walk around as if you're excusing your existence. Mm -hmm. You know, and that really stuck with me mm -hmm. because as you know, like the circumstances of my birth and coming into the world, there was a lot of feelings of like, I'm not enough and I'm not worthy because of the rejection I received. And just having that in my head that you are enough and the world can't get away with like saying that you're not mm -hmm. because you can assert yourself and keep your head held high made, made a big impact. You mm -hmm. know, it really helped me um, in the way I was walking when I was walking down in town mm -hmm. It, it impacted the way I was holding myself Amen. because of the words mm -hmm. that you gave me. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important to, for us to affirm one another and remind each other of that divine mm -hmm. source mm -hmm. of who we are and mm -hmm. where we came from. Because exactly. there's so much, so many things that we do to invalidate each other's existence. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, it's damaging and it's so unnecessary because yeah. we all want to belong. We all, all want to feel like we're enough mm -hmm. and we all want to feel a sense of home, mm -hmm. you know, especially diaspora and, mm -hmm. you know, immigrants, migrants right. and so forth. Mm. I'm so happy that you're getting a lot of attention. You just got a song picked up from the album by Putumayo mm -hmm. called Faraja. Mm -hmm. Can you briefly talk about Faraja? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so Faraja is a Swahili word that means having that sense of tranquility and finding that tranquility inside of yourself, not, but not from things that are external. Because I realize that there are a lot of people who are searching, they're out there searching, and they have, they have this sense of dissatisfaction, of, of um, they're, they're restless, they, they feel like they, there's something they're looking for, they need to reach that place, and when they get there, that's when they're going to feel the ah. Mm. But that ah, you cannot find it out there because it's it's been inside you the whole time mm. you just need to learn how to reach deep and get that ah and exist in whatever situation you are and be okay yeah that's faraja 
because <laughs> I remember one time my husband, you know, he likes hiking and I don't particularly like it. <laughs> Such a white activity anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we were doing it just because we wanted to, the challenge of the exercise is good, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the peak and then you finally see the panoramic view mm. around you that, ah. And I'm like, really, did we have to do all this? <laughs> yeah, helicopters <laughs> exist. <laughs> I could have seen this view just as well when I was down there. <laughs> yeah. But then that brought home to that thought of Faraja. We are always driving to get that uh, feeling mm-hmm. out there. But if you learn to to meditate and think, like get rid of all the noise, you'll find it. Mm. Yeah. A glass of wine will not get, it will not hit the spot. A cup of tea will not hit the spot. But God put it intrinsically inside of us and we just need to know how to reach and get it and be okay. And that takes work. It yeah. does. Yeah, it it does. Like I am okay. I am not in control. God is something some higher power is around these circumstances of mine I can't pay the bills I can't pay the rent I can't I can't I can't I can't but can you still in that I can't I can't I can't be able to mm. breathe and say okay I still have my faraja my faraja never left me actually right. I left my faraja and went out looking for it mm. it was here the whole time Mm. So that's Faraja. It makes me think in a way Faraja is that sense of home mm-hmm. and wholeness, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's, it's inside you. It's not necessarily a building or a structure or a geographical location. It, it's something that follows you and is within you and you can reach into it and mm-hmm. feel okay wherever you are. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Now we're at a point where we ask questions, three questions questions. (laughs) that we ask every guest. (laughs) Which ones do you want to take today, sweetheart? You want to do the Star Trek one Uh, today? Sure. Yeah, I'll let you do that one. I'll I'll get started then. Okay. What domestic task do you do well? Dishes. Dishes? Mm -hmm. You're not lying. I am not lying. <laughs> I love to wash dishes. I, I hate to wash dishes because it hurts my lower back because the sink is so low. Oh. It's not a problem for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be a problem for me if the sink was too high. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I love doing dishes. I don't know why. It's just so therapeutic. Yeah. Stand there with the soapy suds and the hot water and the clicks and I clean around the sink and I just love doing dishes. Nice. Yes. That's your that's your mountain to climb, I guess, huh? Finding the uh, the view of the clean sink oh, is like your. But I know. But for every good hump. thing, sometimes you have to put in put in the work, including mm. hiking. Mm. It it does have its benefits. It you does. Ca- your jeans fit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw the laundry didn't shrink your jeans. And <laughs> I saw this uh, thing the other day <laughs> online. Speaking of hiking, it's a little off topic, but I'm gonna. Mm. Yeah. say it anyway it was like so, hikers just need to admit that it's just walking uphill and we yeah. had this like video of like someone being like no no they take like longer trails like from Georgia all the way to the oh the Appalachian yeah. Trail yeah. yeah no those trails are crazy I yeah. long trail yeah they're very dedicated hikers and they must have a satisfaction that they derive from it. So well, you know, it's just not for everyone. Yeah, being being in nature is, is, yeah. is usually pretty zen. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the panoramic view, but I just had to get out of the space of, oh my God, this was so hard. And now we have to turn around and go back and go get back down. This <laughs> <laughs> is downhill on the way back, right? <laughs> no, even that is not easy. Yeah. yeah. It's scary too, because yeah. you could trip and roll yeah. down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's All not right. for me. All right. Sorry, too. We don't hike. I don't like Yeah. Don't, no. It's no. not for me, really, either. <laughs> Flat terrains. That's yeah. that's good. We yeah. have a little trail right out of our 
door that we just yeah. walk down. It's much yeah. nicer. Yeah, yeah, I do like walking. Yeah. As yeah. long as it's not over boulders. Arduous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Are you ready? I am. All right. If you became a Starfleet officer and were sent on a mission for an indefinite period of time and you could only take three personal items, what would they be? My Bible. Family pictures and my tea. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see you in, in, in a Star Trek uniform, just like in a chair, <laughs> reading your Bible, looking at pictures of, of the kids. And oh my gosh, drinking tea. Yeah. I mean, please know I'm, I'm off hard. the clock. It's hard to. to, to I, I'll be like Lot's wife to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't what? trust that. Like uh, I, I even forget what it's called. That thing that creates the tea. Earl Grey, sixty-five degrees. No, <laughs> I, I want to make it the way I'm used to I know, <laughs> with the spices. No, tea. and Star Trek because there's this like oh, yeah. uh, okay, thing that creates. I, f I forget no, the no, name. So you have to bring your kettle and your tea supplies. Yeah, and, everything else and like the that. spices. Yeah, yeah make yeah, sure yeah. it's. Brewed yeah. to perfection. Yeah. <laughs> I know you can get, you can digitalize your pictures too, but then there's something to be told about putting a, a picture on a frame and putting it a tangible picture that's, mm -hmm. that you can see, hold, touch, feel, mm -hmm. look at, remember. But when pictures keep are transient, they keep passing on mm -hmm. your screen, it's not the same. No. Just like the Bible. Yeah. yeah. The Bible is a book. When you flip the pages and, uh, you know, find that particular scripture you're looking for, the whole process of looking for that scripture is, a, is a, an experience in and yeah. of itself. And so it's beautiful. Mm. So those are sp I picked those things quickly because they were thematic. The Bible is spiritual. The pictures are the physical. <laughs> He is also what spiritual, I guess. Right? No, I don't know. Health? There's something about it that's like also mental, psychological. Like, well, I think it's, it's probably it's, it's a taste of home, right? Yes, taste of home. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. It yes. brings you back home. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. And exactly. comforts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It contributed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question, if I could pull it up here. Mm -hmm. What is one thing, <laughs> I might be able to know the answer to this, what is one thing that can instantly make your day better? Oh, instantly? Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but... It's the tea, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> that was I knew it! <laughs> I was like, tea! <laughs> I don't even know I'm apologizing, it's just... It's don't apologize. <laughs> Your, all of your answers tea. could have been tea if you wanted. I tea. know, gosh. <laughs> How do you find yeah. your dullness? We're incorrigible. <laughs> <laughs> that was tea. my answer, too. Like, there you go. Tea? <laughs> Irene, the tea girl. She yeah. gets her grounding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was my big dream when I left, uh, I was about to say Kenya, when I left the U.S. in 2019, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go to Kenya and open a tea shop because that's what I want to do. Like, just have a tea shop. Because right. it's, it's more than just the tea itself. It's the community. Because mm -hmm. you're, when you're having the tea, it's usually with someone mm -hmm. and you're talking and you're connecting and then the taste mm -hmm. and the warmth. Mm -hmm. oh. It's the ah, it's the Faraja. It's the Faraja, yeah. Faraja chai. <laughs> Honestly, right? I was, I was yeah. very anti-tea most of my life. Really? Um, yeah, and then I met Ruth and mm -hmm. that. Yeah. You know, I drink tea way more often than I used to. Mm -hmm. I still prefer coffee because I'm a yeah, yeah. ignorant American, but yeah. Yeah. you get a whole know. lot of tea requests from me too. Yeah. Like, like, do you need anything? Honey, you, give me some tea. Yeah, I know it's yeah. already growing. <laughs> so in our vacation, I carried all my teas. Yeah, yeah. with me. Mm. Yeah, and I carried. So I know it's such a process when you go to a restaurant. Some, mostly, they'll give you a cup of something that's lukewarm mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not the right temperature and it's usually like black british tea or something like that or, or like the earl grey breakfast like lattes or chai teas i'm uh, like no that's not so i'll bring my flask <laughs> mm -hmm. for my hot water very hot water. <laughs> then i just ask for milk and i have my own tea bag. <laughs> you're like an alcoholic with like preferences 
It's just like, no, nah, I got Our hot sauce in your bag. Yeah, <laughs> like a thermos. I cannot stand lukewarm tea. Yeah, no, I cannot. No, that's what's yeah. the point. It ruins it. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, <laughs> that's all we've got I think yeah. unless we just wanted to keep telling jokes about tea oh. <laughs> it has been lovely mama oh, to have you here Santi Sana Umetujaza Nachai you have filled us up with your with your words of wisdom and your your talk of tea is just uh, brought home much mm. closer to me today so thank you thank you thank you for having me mm. yeah. I feel like I was just in my living room talking to you but no that's a lie that's- we would be <laughs> we would be louder we would be way less structured too <laughs> much louder yeah. <laughs> big laughs yeah. but yeah I, I couldn't think of a better interview was oh. people that I already know that are my own mm-hmm. and I'm very excited yeah so I'm excited you know what I'm holding to say say it I can yeah. go ahead you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my gosh, about that met my morning. Yeah, yes. I called her and I was asking her, "How are you feeling today?" And then she goes, "Tired and sick." <laughs> no, I'll say, "My mom, Nikona ball." Like, huh? <laughs> so I just want to make sure I heard you. Again. <laughs> like, could you say that again? <laughs> I just screamed in my head and I did my ulalalalalas in my head. Yes. Oh my gosh. Really excited. Well, congratulations. No, thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank you, Mama. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. The Duelness Podcast is produced by Steinmetz and recorded at Dialed Studio at Hula. Our audio and video production is handled by Syntax and Motion. Our audio engineers are Wesley Davis and Will Davis. Our show producer is Will Davis. Intro music is by Sam Barsh and outro by Ian Koloski. Artwork and promotions by Snicket's Public Relations. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Steinmetz-VT. Or you can sign up for our newsletter and get insights into our lives at our website, steinmetz-vt.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.